Okay, boys. I'm not sure if I have had the chance to read anything or not, and so that's why I'm recording this one early. So you guys are asleep, and it's the middle of the night, and I'm reading this to get it ready for you guys. So, this is the chapter called The Black Ponies. Sunshine coming through the canvas onto Laura's face woke her. She opened her eyes just as Lena opened hers, and looking at each other, they laughed. Hurry up, we're going to going for the washing, Lena sang out, jumping up. They hadn't undressed, so they didn't need to dress. They folded up the blankets, and their bedroom work was done, and they went skipping out into the large, breezy morning. The shanties were small under the sun sky. East and west ran the railroad grade, and the road northward uh, northward the grasses were tossing tawny seeds seed plums seed plumes men were tearing down one of the shanties with a picket racket of clattering boards on picket lines in the blowing grasses the two black ponies with blowing black manes and tails were grazing we've got to eat breakfast first lena said come on laura hurry Everyone except Aunt Dosia was already at the table. Aunt Dosia was frying pancakes. Get yourself washed and combed and you liabeds. Breakfast's on the table and no thanks to you, lazy miss. Aunt Dosia, laughing, gave Lena a spank as Laura, as Lena went by. This morning she was good-natured as Uncle High. Breakfast was jolly and Pa's great laugh rang out like bells. But afterward, what stacks of dishes there were to wash. Lena said the dishes were nothing to what they had been doing. Dishes three times a day for forty-six men, and between times the cooking. She and Aunt Dosia had been on their feet from before sunrise till late at night, and still they couldn't keep up with all the work. That's why Aunt Dosia had hired out the washing. This was the first time that Laura had ever heard of hiring out the washing. A homesteader's wife did Aunt Dosia's washing. She lived three miles away so that they'd have a six-mile drive. Laura helped Lena carry the harness to the buggy and led the willing ponies from their picket lines. She helped put the harness on them and the bits into their mouths, the hems on the corner the collars clasped their warm black necks and their tailpieces under their tails then lena and laura backed the ponies in beside the bucky holes and fashioned fastened the stiff leather traces to the whiffling tree whiffle trees they climbed into the buggy and lena took the reins pa had never let laura drive his horses he said she was not strong enough to hold them if they ran away as soon as lena had the had the lines the black ponies started happily trotting the buggy wheels turned swiftly and the fresh wind blew birds fluttered and sang and flipped dipping over the tops of the blowing grasses <clears throat> faster and faster went the ponies faster went the wheels laura and lena laughed with joy the trotting ponies touched noses and gave a little squeal and ran. Up sailed the buggy, almost jerking the seat from under Laura. 
Her bonnet flapped behind her, tugging at the strings around her throat. She clutched onto the seat's edge, and the ponies were stretched out low, running with all their might. They're running away, Laura cried. Let em run, Lena shouted, slapping them with the lines. They can't run against but grass. Yeah, 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 yee, she yelled at the ponies. Their long black manes and tails streamed in the wind, and their feet pounded, and the buggy sailed. Everything went wash rushing by too fast to be seen, and Laura began to s Lena began to sing. I know a young man, fair to see, take care, oh, take care, oh, he can be very obliging, be. Beware, oh, beware. Laura had not heard the song before, but she was soon singing the refrain with all of her voice. Take care, dear girl, he's fooling you. Take care, oh, take care. Trust him not, for he won't prove true. Beware, oh, beware. Hi, 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 yippee, they yelled. But the ponies couldn't go faster. They were going as fast as they could. I wouldn't marry the f a farmer, Lena sang. He's always in the dirt. I'd rather marry a railroad man who wears a striped shirt. Oh, a railroad man, a railroad man, a railroad man for me. I'm going to marry a railroad man. A railroad is bride I'll be. I guess I better breathe them, she said. She pulled the lines till she made the ponies trot. Then they slowed to a walk, and everything seemed quiet and slow. I wish I could drive, Laura said. I've always wanted to, but Pa won't let me. You can drive a ways, Laura, Elena said, offering generously. Just then the ponies touched noses again, squealed, and ran. You can drive on the way home, Lena promised. Singing and whooping, they went racing on across the prairie. Every time Lena slowed the ponies to get their breath, they, they got it and ran again. In no time at all, they reached the homesteader's claimed shanty. It was a tiny room with boarded up and down, and the roof sloped all one way, so it looked like half a little house. It was not as big as the wheat stacks beyond it, where men were threshing wheat with a noisy chaff-puffing machine. The homesteader's wife came out to the buggy, lugging the basket of washing. Her face and arms and her feet... Uh, her face... Arms and her feet, her bare feet, were as brown as the leather from the sun. Her hair struggled, straggled, uncombed, and her limp dress was faded and not clean. You must excuse the way I look, she said. My girl was married yesterday, and here come the threshers this morning, and this wash to do. I've been hustling since before sunup, and here's my day's work hardly started, and my girl's not here any more to help me. Do you mean Lizzie got married? Lena asked. Yes, Lizzie got married yesterday, Lizzie's mother said proudly. Her pa says thirteen, thirteen's pretty young, but she's got a good man, and I say it's better to settle down young. I was married young myself. Laura looked at Lena, and Lena looked back at her. On the way back to the camp, they did not say anything for some time. Then they both spoke at once. She was only a little older than I am, 
said Laura, and Lena said, I am a year older than she was. They looked at each other again, almost scared look. Then Lena tossed her curls back. She's a silly. Now she can't ever have any more good times, Laura said soberly. No, she can't play any more now. Even the ponies trotted gravely. After a while, Lena said she supposed that Lizzie did not have to work any harder than before. Anyhow, now she's doing her own work in her own house, and she'll have babies. Well, Laura said, I'd like my own house, and I like babies, and I wouldn't mind the work, but I don't want to be so responsible. I'd rather let Ma be responsible for all the long time yet. And besides, I don't want to settle down, said Lena. I'm not ever going to get married. If I do, I'm going to marry a railroader, and we'll keep moving west along as I live. May I drive now? Laura asked. She, want, she wanted to forget about growing up. Lena gave her the lines. All you have to do is hold the lines, Lena said. The ponies know the way back. At that instant, the ponies touched noses and squealed. Hold on to them, Laura, hold on to them, Lena screeched. Laura braced her feet and hung on to the lines with all her might, and she could feel the ponies didn't mean any harm. They were running because they wanted to run in the windy weather. They were going to do what they wanted to do. Laura hung on to them and yelled, she had forgotten the basket of clothes, and so had Lena, and all the way back to camp, across the prairie, they went whooping and singing, and the ponies went running, trotting and running again. When they stopped by the shanties to unhitch the picket ponies, they found all the top layers of the clean washing on the buggy floor under the seats. Guilty, they piled up this guiltily. They piled up this and smoothed them and lugged the heavy basket into the shanty where Aunt Dorica and Ma were dishing up the dinner. You girls look as if butter wouldn't melt on your mouths, said Aunt Dorica. What have you been up to? Why, well, we just drove out and brought back the washing, said Lena. That afternoon was even more exciting than the morning. As soon as the dishes were washed, Lena and Laura ran out again to the ponies, and Jean had gone on one of them, and he was riding across the prairie. No fair, Lena yelled, and the other pony was galloping in a circle. He was held by a picket rope. Lena grabbed it by the mane and unsnapped the rope and sailed right up from the ground onto the back of the running pony. Laura stood watching Lena and Jean race in circles, yelling like Indians. They rode crouching their hair, crouching. Their hair streamed back and their hands clutched in the flying manes and their brown legs clasped over the pony's sides. The ponies curved and swerved and chasing each other over the prairie like birds in the sky. Laura would never have tired of watching them. The ponies came galloping and stopping near her. And Lena said, Lena and Jean slid off. Come on, Laura, Lena said. Generously, you can ride Jean's pony. Who says she can? Jean demanded. You let her ride your own pony. 
You better behave, or I'll tell you how you tried to scare us. I'll tell how you tried to scare us last night," said Lena. Laura took hold of the pony's mane. But the pony was much larger than she was. It was its back was high, and the pony was strong. Laura said, "I don't know if I can. I never did ride horseback." "I'll put you on," said Lena, and she held her pony by the forelock. With one hand and bent down, she held the, onto the other hand for Laura to step into. Jean's pony seemed larger every minute. It was big and strong enough to kill Laura if it wanted to, so high that to fall off of it would break her bones. She was so scared to ride that it. She was so scared to ride it that she had to try. She stepped onto Lena's hand and she scrambled up the warm, slippery, moving mass of pony, while Lena boosted. Then she got one leg over the pony's back and everything began to move rapidly. Dimly, she heard Lena saying, "Hang on to the mane." She was holding on to the pony's mane, and she was hanging on to deep handfuls of it with all of her might. Her elbows and her knees were holding on to the pony, but she was jolting so that she couldn't think. The ground was so far beneath, and she didn't dare look. Every instant she was falling out, but before she could really fall, she was falling over the other way, and the jolt rattled her teeth. Far off, she heard heard Lena yell, "Hang on, Laura!" Everything smoothed into the smoothest rippling motion. This motion went through the pony and through Laura and kept them sailing over the waves in rushing air. Laura's screwed-up eyes opened, and below her she saw the grasses flowing back. She saw the pony's black mane blowing and her hands clenched tight in it. She and the pony were going too fast, but they were going like music, and nothing could. Happen to her until the music stopped. Lena's pony came pounding along beside her. Laura wanted to ask how to stop safely, but she could not speak. She saw the shanties far ahead, and she knew that somehow the ponies had turned back toward the camp. And then the jolting began again. Then it stopped, and then and there she sat on the pony's back. Didn't I tell you it was fun? Lena asked. What makes it so jolt so? Laura asked. That's trotting. You don't want to trot. You want to make your pony gallop. Let's just yell at it, and like I did. Come on, let's go a long ways this time. You want to? Yes, said Laura. All right, hang on. Now yell. It was a wonderful afternoon. Twice Laura fell off. Once the pony's head hit her nose and made it bleed, but she never let go of the mane, and her hair came unbraided, and her throat grew hoarse from laughing and screeching, and her legs were scratched from rushing through the sharp grasses, and trying to leap onto her pony while it was running. She almost could, but not quite, and this made the pony mad. Jean and Lena always started the ponies to running, and then swung up. They raced each other from the ground, trying to trying which could sooner mount and reach a certain mark. They did not hear Aunt Dorica calling them to supper. 
Paul came out and shouted, Supper! When they came in, Ma looked at Laura in shocked amazement and said mildly, Really, Dorica? I don't know when Laura's looked so wild, so a wild Indian. She and Lena are a pair, said Aunt Dorica. Well, Lena hasn't had an afternoon to do as she likes since we came out here, and she won't have another until summer's over. And that's the end. The next chapter is The West Begins. I love you, boys. Good night.